Hello, welcome to The Briefing. I'm Tom Tilley and this is the daily news podcast where you get up to speed every morning on the news you need to know. It is Thursday the 23rd of April and our briefing topic for today is dating in a pandemic. What is it like dating in the age of isolation? And joining me today to talk through the other big stories of the day is Jan Fran. Jan, dating in a pandemic is one thing. What about being married in a pandemic? <laughs> oh, that is objectively worse than oh, dating really? in a pandemic. To all the people who are thinking they're going to have a bad time dating, just think about all us married people. <laughs> Would you spare a thought? All right, before we get into dating in a pandemic, uh, let's look at the other big news stories of the day. There has been a tragic crash in Melbourne, killing four police officers in the state's biggest ever single loss of police life. Let's hear from the Victorian Police Chief. All the officers down here, I can tell you there's an eerie quiet down there that sometimes you don't see at crime scenes. It's an eerie quiet because uh, everyone down there is feeling it at the moment. Everyone down there uh, understands what a tragedy this is uh, for the families of those officers. That was the Victorian Police Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton speaking last night from the scene and you can just hear the emotion in his voice. Yeah, I mean, three men and a woman were killed. One of them had only just very recently joined the force Uh, Basically what happened was that late yesterday, Arvo, two police officers pulled over a speeding Porsche uh, on Melbourne's Eastern Freeway. Yeah, and the driver tested positive for drugs and then the police discovered he had a criminal record so they called for backup because they were looking to impound the Porsche. Yeah, and I think two police officers arrived soon after that uh, and while they had the driver pulled over, a passing truck actually smashed into them, killing all four officers. Now, the truck driver has been taken to hospital, but the Porsche driver actually fled the scene, allegedly taking photos and posting them to Facebook. Here's the police chief again speaking at a press conference this morning. It disgusts me, and it. Uh, and today when I'm spending time with the family members of those deceased officers, I can tell you it will absolutely disgust them. Uh, and then to leave the scene... Uh, is a very, very low act in my view. And uh, if I wasn't wearing this uniform, the Chief Commissioner, I'd be giving you far more colourful language about that. Graham Ashton, understandably very angry there. And police have been in touch with the Porsche driver. He's expected to turn himself in today. Yeah, obviously it's a very difficult day for the families and for police officers around the country. This is the most police officers killed in a single incident in Victoria since Ned Kelly's infamous wow. stand. Yeah, that was way back in 1878 when three officers were killed. All right, let's go to some coronavirus news, and most of it's actually good, which is amazing. Um, Australia's almost in single figures for new daily coronavirus infections. Yes, uh, we are getting very close. And yesterday, we actually had 12 new cases, uh, considering we were seeing 350 a day at one point just three weeks ago. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing. And in other good coronavirus news, the Ruby Princess is finally sailing away today. It's going back to the Philippines. That was the cruise ship at the centre of the New South Wales inquiry where authorities are trying to work out how it was that passengers were allowed to disembark when some of them were showing symptoms of coronavirus. Yeah, you might have heard the Ruby Princess's name being bandied about. That's the cruise that has been linked to 600 coronavirus cases. That is almost one in 10 Mm. Australian cases that have come from the cruise. Uh, Sadly, 21 people have died as well. Yeah, and a senior doctor from on board the boat has told the special inquiry uh, yesterday that she didn't expect people to be let off so early. I was surprised that we were allowed to do that without waiting for the results to come through. That was Dr. Ilse von Watzdorf. Um, The inquiry will continue. Yep, and tomorrow we are going to take a bit of a look at some of the reasons why 
people are still continuing to book onto cruise ships. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? We're going to work out what's going on there. That is tomorrow. And in some other interesting uh, coronavirus news, Jen, we're all getting fat. We're all getting fat. Well, yeah, that's right. A month into lockdown, apparently... One in three of us have gained some quarantine kilos, would you believe, Tom? It could be muscle, though. It could be muscle. Look, yeah, we don't we don't know for a fact, but it seems that millennials are having the hardest time of it, hardest time adjusting to the new normal. Half of them say that they're eating more junk food. Uh, a third of us say that we have got zero motivation to get out of bed. I wonder if it's the same for singles who are having all these exercise dates, which we'll be talking about later. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Now, look, this has come from something called the Australian Lockdown Diet Report. Uh, I don't think that's a peer-reviewed study, by the way. Maybe not peer-academic-reviewed. Maybe it's just reviewed by people's peers. It's reviewed. Yeah. Tom's friends have had a look at it, so it must be true. Yeah. Do you think you've put on weight during the time of the, the lockdown? You know, I don't. I don't think so because I I actually got an exercise bike <laughs> and a treadmill. So you haven't been leaving the apartment no, at I all, haven't. have you? No, I haven't been leaving the apartment. Um, and I, I bought a set of weights off eBay as well. So, so you've so... turned your balcony into a gym. <laughs> yeah. I've got a little home gym going on my balcony with my 1.25 kilo weights, you Good know. Scene. just Just working out, yeah. All right. Thanks, Jan. We'll catch you on tomorrow's podcast. Cheers, Tom. You're listening to The Briefing, where we get you up to speed every morning on the news you need to know. And in the second part of the show each day, we go deep on one topic. And joining me to go right in depth on dating in the time of coronavirus is Annika Smethurst. Annika, what would be your favourite kind of exercise date? What would it be? Oh, I've been thinking about this. I don't think I'd want to go on a run on my first date and be (laughs) huffing and puffing and looking horrendous. I think maybe something a little more, you know, soft, like a golf game or a tennis game, maybe table tennis, something where I don't end up bright red. Golf would be nice, a casual stroll around the greens. Absolutely intimate, out in nature. I think it'd be really good. Yeah. Well, let's find out how it's going. Um, We're going to speak to Dr. Nikki Goldstein, who'll give us some analysis about What's really changed? Like, is is it really changing the way we interact with people on a deeper level? But first, we're joined by Brett, who's been using dating apps to connect with potential dates. Now, Brett, you're not normally a runner, but you were forced to on a date. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so I went on a a date with someone here in uh, Brisbane. We went for a walk uh, along the river, which was nice. You mentioned on our next date, maybe we should go for a run. Options are limited uh, in this current climate in terms of dating. I said, oh, what's a small run for you? She said 10K. So, of course, stupidly, I said yes. Um, (laughs) She's built like a gazelle and I'm not built like a gazelle, Um, more like a Clydesdale. So, uh, yeah, we went for a run and it turns out I'm a pretty good listener because I could barely speak during it. So we we managed to get through 5 or 6K, which I thought was a pretty good effort for me. It's good the coronavirus hasn't made you give up on dating. How many other dates have you been on since lockdown started? We've been on three dates, two runs and a walk so far. And at the end of that date, you know, traditionally dates, you might get a little bit of a kiss at the end or a hug. (laughs) How are we dealing with that in the time of corona, you know, when you're not meant to be touching anybody? Well, I think the good thing is, is that it takes away the expectation that something will happen. I think the expectation is that it it won't. So that's probably a good thing, I suppose. I mean, it was a little bit awkward at the end of the first date because you're like, oh, this is when you normally go in, even just for a little, you know, peck on the cheek sort of thing. So it does take away that pressure. Um, And, you know, compared to, say, a date where you go out to a bar, you have a few drinks, and then you kind of think that, I need to move this along to um, something more physical. So in terms of that, it's probably a good thing and probably makes, you know, I'd say people feel especially um, 
you know, women a little bit more safer on a date when there's no expectation of anything, you know, becoming more intimate. And what about the lead up to the date? Has the, the chat that you're having on the app changed because of the environment we're in? I'd say it has. I'd say that you're probably um, happier just to talk to people because it's just nice to have people to talk to, especially if you're um, kind of at home, if you're working from home and you're not getting out to see your friends, which you're not supposed to do at the moment, then it is nice to talk to people, I guess, on the outside world, so to speak. And sometimes it's easier to talk to strangers than it is people that you know, because they know nothing about you. And so they don't judge. And, uh, you know, sometimes strangers can be better listeners than, you know, your friends or family. So, um, yeah, I'd say that the probably chats go for a lot longer as well, because normally after a couple of weeks, you, you try and you, you want to meet up. So it's probably extended the chats a little bit more, and um, which is good. You find out a bit more about um, people than what you might normally uh, find out. In these times, it could be a little bit difficult to say, get glammed up for a date. I know that I wouldn't be too keen on huffing and puffing in front of someone on a first date. You might want to get a nice outfit, do your hair. What's that like? You're just putting on your old active wear or are people, you know, glamming up for their outdoor dates? Yeah, I dusted off my best uh, LeBron James singlet. Um, but Huge. look, normally... <laughs> Was normally, she impressed? Yeah. <laughs> well, she's a basketball fan. She actually gave me a, nice. um, a, a basketball DVD to watch. So um, thankfully I, I knew that beforehand. But yeah, look, normally, um, yeah, you, you wouldn't want to be getting uh, sweaty on a first date, especially when it comes to... Um, to running, but uh, the goalposts have changed, and it was her suggestion as well. So I was happy to go along with it, getting fit and um, and getting to know her at the same time. So, what happens next? You've you've had a walking date, you've had two running dates. What other dates can you have, and how do you really progress things from here? Look, I hope a triathlon isn't the next step because um, <laughs> I'm nowhere <laughs> I'm nowhere near that level. But uh, to be honest, that's kind of a, a tough one to answer. How it progresses. Next and kind you of could do a grocery shop together. Have you thought about that? That Head would down be lovely. To Coles and Woolies, pick up your groceries, or get a COVID nineteen test together. Get a swab. <laughs> oh, that would um, <laughs> that would be unusual. But uh, at least you could um, you know find out whether or not you had the virus. Brett, on a more serious note, has it been hard being single during this time? Has it been hard to be so alone? Yeah, it, it has been really hard. I don't normally believe in in dating apps, and that's where we we kind of first met. Uh, just generally, they don't kind of work for me. But um, in this climate, there's kind of uh, not too many other options, and it can get a bit uh, a bit lonely. And outside of work, you know, you need people that you can uh, hang out with and talk to. So, and even especially meeting people face to face, although talking on Zoom and on apps is great, to actually have human contact, um, I think you kind of it's something that you appreciate more. I think on uh, on the other side of this, Brett, it sounds like you're getting fitter. You're becoming a better listener. There's a lot of wins here in the time of corona. Um, thanks so much for sharing your dating stories. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Okay, let's head over to our relationship expert, Dr. Nikki Goldstein. Now, Nikki, we just heard Brett's story there. And one of the big things to come from that was that exercise is becoming a huge part of his dating life, which it wasn't before. What are the biggest changes you've seen around dating in the time of corona compared to normal life? Well, I think with dating now, we're looking obviously at the non-physical aspect. Um, obviously, exercise or food shopping may be the only form that you could go on a date, but it's not exactly what we call physical or intimate. So people are having to explore these connections on a deeper level without being able to explore them in the physical world, which is the struggle for a lot of people because we're so used to having sex as a form of dating or at least weighing a lot of importance when it comes to deciding if we want to see someone again. Is there sexual chemistry? Is there 
something between us if someone good is bad. But the benefit to that is we're actually in an era where people are able to explore real connections and focus on things that may make a relationship last. Do you have good banter? Is there something about talking to that person that just lights you up? And these are really important things that we should be looking at as important when dating. But I think we're a little overshadowed by the physical world before we enter into this corona era. So, Nikki, a lot of people are jumping online. They're going on Zoom or house party to try and keep relationships going. Maybe they don't live with their partner. Is that any substitute for actually catching up one-on-one? What do we miss out on when we're not physically in the same space with somebody? Well, it's not going to be a complete substitute, but it's great that we have these platforms. And I think you've got to be really creative with how you set these dates up. A lot of people are getting very bored quickly about just popping up the screen and having a glass of wine. You know, have a look at the activities that you can do together. But the big warning with this is that when it comes to those video platforms, there's a certain level of protection with being behind a screen. So we're not going to see 100% of what somebody is really about. And if you are taking those situations where you've been chatting to them over FaceTime and house party into the real world once this is all over, need to keep in mind that you've just been dating them and it's not a matter of a full-on relationship when you're finally able to see each other in the flesh because that type of interaction may be a bit different than what you've been experiencing with the screen in between. Do you think that dating in this time is is changing the outcomes of some people's connections or do you think people that would never have ended up together won't now or if they were going to work then they would work now too? Well, I think dating now is the same in in regards to this as it was before corona. You know, you're not always going to mesh with somebody that well. But that person might be really funny and make them laugh and seem like a really good soul. And now that we're all in a bit of a spin with this pandemic and a lot of people are reassessing what's important to them in life, somebody that can make you laugh and someone that does have good banter but maybe has another element that you wouldn't have necessarily gone for before all of this, turns into an ideal date because you've been through that process of thinking, what is important to me right now? What type of person do I want to spend my time with? And after this, what does life mean for me in terms of my romance? Do I want to just be with somebody that ticks off a few things on a list, that looks a certain way, that maybe is good in bed? Or do I really want to find someone that I've got this connection with and that can get through a time where we couldn't physically be together and all we had was video chat. Nikki, that picks up on something I was wondering about, the long-term effects of, say, the coronavirus. Do you think there'll be a bit of a blast back to the past in terms of how we date and what will be the long-term effects of this? Or do you think we'll come out of this and everybody will fire up the Tinder again and it'll go back to how it was before corona? I think we're going to see two populations post-corona. We will see those people that come out of this and they want the connection. You know, they want the person that makes them laugh. They want that good person that's going to be by their side and the voice of reason if another pandemic hits. So on one hand, that will be good for a lot of people that may have previously been superficial dating. However, we are going to have those people that are, you know, really enjoy the hookup culture and are stuck at home, you know, scratching their heads and driving themselves up the wall because they can't do that. And as soon as we 
are in a position where that's all allowed again, um, we're going to see a huge spike in, in that population. We may see a huge spike in STIs as well, but there is going to be that backlash against, I just want to get out there and hook up again on Tinder. I guess it depends what stage of life you're in as well. Maybe you're not looking for a long-term partner and you do, you do just want to hook up, which would, would be pretty hard in this time. Out of all of the groups in terms of relationships and dating... It's the horny uh, people like that you're most concerned yeah. about. <laughs> exactly. And Nikki, what do you think about people who are actually in relationships? Will coronavirus be a little bit of a make or break? You'll either realise that perhaps the person you've been spending a bit of time with is not your person <laughs> or will it throw people into making serious decisions about marriage and babies and, you know, those sort of things? Well, there is a few jokes going around with a lot of people that either they'll come through the other side divorced or having another baby or getting married. Um, But the seriousness to that is this is a huge test for a lot of couples. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. For a lot of couples, they go through the beginning of their relationship on the honeymoon high. You know, it's all about love and it's exciting. You're moving in together. You might be getting engaged, having a baby. And if you haven't truly been tested under a period of stress and pressure, then you might not really know within regards to the relationship how you will go under those those terms. And it's a great period if you are questioning whether you want a future with somebody to have a look at how you both go in the worst possible case scenario. A relationship is not always about the good times. It's about how you support each other through the difficult and the tough times. Well, I love that you've seen some of the silver lining about, you know, an increase in empathy, about relationships maybe moving beyond the physical and really connecting over things that will last. Um, We're loving positive stories at the moment in the time of the coronavirus. So thank you so much, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Well, some really interesting advice there, Tom, but I'm not sure what people do who don't like exercising in this time. I can't think of, if burpees aren't your thing, how you're meant to date during the coronavirus. Well, she mentioned people are going food shopping together. That's a pretty weird space. Pretty intimate thing to do on a first mm. date too, to, you know, be going down the uh, toiletries aisle or Well, I'm a real I'm a real bargain hunter, which can, you know, be a bit of a weird signal to send early on in, in meeting someone. But anyway, um yeah, fascinating to hit all those topics with Nikki Goldstein. Um it is a weird time to be dating, but if you love your runs and your exercise, then hey, it can be sort of bit more wholesome, which is kind of nice. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, it might be make or break for a few people in the future too, fast-tracking those important decisions we need to make in life. And by the way, please continue to stay informed about the current social distancing laws and make your own uh, careful decisions about how to apply these if you are choosing to go outdoors or go on, on dates. You need to be very careful. And Southern Cross Osterio doesn't in any way wish to suggest by this segment that the breaching any of the laws is okay. A podcast one production.